welcome everybody to the small council. Uh, this is where we talk about anything and everything, a song of ice and fire. Uh, tonight we will be discussing uh, all the factions and where they kind of rate uh, in overall power. Uh, each of us uh, that are going to be on tonight uh, are going to kind of give our own lists and our reasons why. Uh, tonight we have Justin uh, on with us right now. Uh, it looks like Brett just got on, and then uh, I believe Jose will be on uh, very shortly. So, uh, yeah, tonight we're just going to be going over, you know, what we believe to be, you know, one through seven uh, between all the factions. And uh, uh, we are counting neutral uh, in this case. Uh, I know some people say it's not a true faction, but I believe they have enough tools to definitely uh, – go toe-to-toe with uh, the other factions, so we're definitely going to include that one in here. Um, so, rundown of the show, you know, as I mentioned, we talk about anything uh, Song of Ice and Fire, and, uh, you know, we do the show live so you guys can call in, so definitely if you're listening to it live right now, uh, you know, feel free to call in and, you know, maybe give us your top uh, or your list uh, of the factions. And then if you're listening to a recording of this, which you can do on iTunes, uh, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Blog Talk Radio, uh, you can do it on all of those. And, um, you know, just we do the show every Tuesday at 8 p.m., so just feel free to, you know, get us on the next one. Uh, we do do some bonus episodes on the weekend, uh, and those kind of vary just based on our, uh, if we're free and, also, you know, the time of day will also, um, um, tonight, uh, it's just, uh, us talking, you know, uh, the hosts talking, but next week we are going to have on uh, a special guest, um, and we're going to be talking about, uh, some hobby stuff and definitely, uh, check that one out and, you know, call in if you have some specific tips you want to ask our guests, uh, and yeah, so, I believe we have Brett with us now. Um, Brett, uh, you want to kind of give the spoiler of who our guest is for next week? Oh, yeah. Uh, it is the marvelous James Wapple. Um, he does a lot of commission paint. I know he does uh, commission directly to Dark Swords. Um, he does some personal commissions, but um, mostly he does a lot of tutorials on YouTube and other videos and uh yeah, he's just great at putting some of that knowledge into the community and giving you a uh, step-by-step on uh, how to achieve some of the tricks that he does. And man, he is, <laughs> he is something else. Uh, he's got some very unique techniques that I've really never seen outside of him. And uh, yeah, it'll be great to have him on and, and hear from him. So. Yep. And I know some of you guys have been requesting more of a hobby oriented uh, show and, we definitely uh, want to not only please you guys, but, you know, kind of diversify so that we're not always talking, you know, competitive uh, scene. And I know there's a handful of people out there that, you know, are interested in painting uh, their stuff, but don't really know where to start or just kind of, you know, they're not really comfortable with their skill set to, to do it. Or maybe they just don't have, you know, the motivation at the moment, but, you know, with some, you know, expertise, uh, you know, that might change. So definitely uh, give that uh, show a listen. 
definitely be something awesome. If you have any uh, any stuff that you've painted up that you want to post up on our page, uh, you know, to either uh, just show off or get some uh, critique, uh, definitely uh, feel free to do that. Uh, you can just post it right on uh, Brett's uh, post about our guest for next week. So, um, all right. Uh, just uh, again, shout out for our uh, our raffles. For every hundred likes we get, uh, we will give out a unit box at the 500 marks, so 500,000 so on. Uh, we will be giving out a unit box plus a starter half, either a Stark or a Lannister. And if you don't want either of those, we will give two unit boxes. Of course, this is from. Uh, all the options that we have available to us at the moment, but we're always trying to expand our uh, prize pool. So uh, definitely, you know, try to share out the show, and the more likes we get, the more raffles we can do. And even if uh, you liked our show from the get-go, uh, you're always eligible, uh, though we do try to avoid uh, duplicate winners. Um just because, you know, between like 500 people, we don't, you know, we want to try to spread the wealth a little bit. So uh, definitely share it out there. And, you know, that's definitely the best way to help our uh, channel grow. Uh, but I guess we can get right into it. Um, so I'm going to kind of give a little spoiler for at least uh, the three of us that are on me, Justin, Brett, for our list are actually fairly similar. So um, it'll make it a little easier for discussing uh the overall strength of everything, but, you know, we'll try to get down into the little nitty-gritty of why they vary a little bit. So, um, our first uh, four, or I say our our number one is all the same, and then the next, you know, two, three, and four are all relatively the same, just in a little bit different order, and then our last three are all the same three, but in a different order. So, um, so I'm sure a lot of you can guess uh, all three of us voted Starks as number one. Um, <laughs> yeah, and you know I and we're pretty diverse uh, in the sense that I Starks is my main faction, and I believe this. Justin doesn't play Starks at all, and he believes it. And uh, and Brett, you've played it for played them for a little bit and you believe that they're the best. So we're all pretty different in the sense of where, we, where we're coming at with the Starks uh, and our, you know, thought process on them. Uh, overall, though, I think uh, Starks are not unbeatable. They're just, uh, Justin puts it really good. You say that they're really not bad at anything. If they really, no, if they, they really excel try. at everything that anybody else can do, with the exception of, heavy control. They're only like mediocre control. Yeah, but keep that in mind. It's not just you can throw any list together and it's going to do those things. It, we're so more so talking about the fact that they have the tools to create any list that they pretty much want other than like you were saying, Justin, uh, like super control, um, which who knows, you know, the next hero box might get like a character that does that. Ugh. Sort of hope that they don't, but you never know. And you can always add, like, Roos in there to maybe add a little more elements of control if you wanted. Uh, but, yeah, I think, uh, you know, we're all pretty uh, confident in our choice of Starks being number one. What do you think, Brett? 
Oh, absolutely. Um, they actually displaced uh, my former number one, um, and a lot of that had to do with the uh, the event in Paris, but it wasn't 100% based on that. Um, I used to have free folk as number one, but then, um, you know, talking to some of the top free folk players in the world and some of the some of the top Stark players in the world, um, yeah, I went ahead and I went ahead and gave the nod to Starks. Um, yeah, pretty much just because of what you said. They can play pretty much every game. And, uh, yeah, I think the change to Roderick was huge because Roderick is a very control-ish type. And, uh, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's just so good at um, taking a situation and uh, doing – it's not Lannister control in the sense that he cancels, like, tactics cards, but – it kind of is in a way with uh, combat prowess and um, having winners coming at his disposal and then having Sansa to recycle the cards. It's weird because I think in a weird kind of way, uh, the, the change to Sansa almost made her better for most players because now you don't have that inclination to pop her ability early and go just draw a card out and, and kind of blow that load right at the very beginning. Now you're putting one of your cards back in your deck and potentially you're getting it three times. And if you're talking about a winner is coming or a combat prowess or a, uh, a martial superiority, those aren't cards that you want to see three times. So I'm saying that the change to Roderick paired with what the Bowmen do was a big thing that uh, kind of changed me putting Starks at number one. Yeah, he like controls yeah. via combat because now you have to work around his long range destructo Gatling gun machine. Oh yeah, he's absolutely board control, and I I don't think really much of anything is safe to step into that that zone of rock. Oh, man, <laughs> I've had some games with Dave. It's rough. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's not even a secret either. It's not like this. Oh, this is a. I'm not saying that it's a bad build, but it's not like this super complicated. You put this stuff together to make a combo kind of build. It's just like that's one card in the vulnerable yeah, I think, token. I think I think everybody saw it. Oh, they get a vulnerable token within long range. They shoot long range. If the enemy's vulnerable, Roger gets rerolls. Uh, and crits on boom, fives with the card. Add crits on yep, fives. Press the card. advantage. Oh yeah. Well, yeah like, I think uh, my last game using him at a tournament, I had 15 hits with my bowman. I mean, no, it was not... your second to last game because you played me in the last game, and I got rid of that card every time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I, I think played the other you with Roderick. Me. I thought I played you at the other list. No, it was with Roderick. Oh, okay. Um, I, but think, yeah, I think the uh, other factor is so... they're they're they've got stalwart for days. <laughs> so if you count uh, if you count Mage, she's technically not like tournament legal, but People still play with her. They've got four attachments that add stalwart. Yeah, Tully. We're Mage, counting Brienne, right? Brienne and Bronn. Yeah. Oh four. man, that's pretty crazy. And, well, Bronn's like a pseudo stalwart, so you gotta. That one's yeah. a little harder for Starks yeah. to use. It's harder to say that though, because unless you're talking about free folk, everyone has access to those ones, so it kind of like cancels out in a sense. Um, I agree. Yeah, it's still though. Uh, the fact that, you know, you have arguably the best commander in the game, um, in my opinion, or at least easy, easy top five, uh, is, you know, Blackfish, and he gives Stalwart for nothing. I mean, 
Uh, does anyone else do that other than um, uh, Mormont? Yeah. No. No. I mean, a free stalwart is amazing to just I be able know. to pick any unit and be like, you are plus two morale for zero points. So, Starks, uh, I wouldn't say they have easily the best um, commander lineup, but they definitely have arguably the best commander lineup. Uh, and as we were mentioning, Starks just have so much, to, you know, they can be so diverse or so, like, hyper-focused in almost any category you need them to be. You need them to be, like, super defensive, you know, all Tullys all the time sort of a thing. Uh, you know, it's going to be a tough nut to crack. You want them to be super aggro-aggressive, you know, umbers all day. You want it to be somewhere in between um, or even just uh, semi-defensive with a lot of offensiveness. I mean, like, that's kind of how my list is. You know, it's like all umbers, but because I have blackfish and then I have, like, other elements of healing, you know, I turn, like, a super aggro list into something that can actually survive round to round. Um, You want to be a speedboat? Check. You want to have more activations than your opponent and possibly compare with free folk check <laughs> yep it's, and so they've got now, the uh, best, but they have really good NCUs as well not the best they, but really good NCUs they they can literally get right up there with free folk um, I think oh yeah they're well, free folk list. Uh, I'll plug it in but I think you can get a I think you can get 12 out of a Stark list if you use so 12 or 13 I thought you use, if you use Storm Crows yeah I think it's 12 which is insane. I mean, it's for free folk. That's twelve raiders and one NCU. So, I mean, they're right there with free folk <laughs> in activations. It's crazy. And uh, what should we call it? And the thing with free folk is, even though Starks uh, Starks can have a fairly competitive competitive list at eleven activations, uh, or even really competitive. It just depends on I think the player experience and whatnot. Whereas free folk, you know, they uh they don't always try for that many activations. Like some do, but they don't always. So if you're talking about max free folk and max Stark, yeah, that's one thing. But if you're talking about list consistency and like strength, uh, I feel like Starks and Free Folk are almost right on par. A lot of the free folk lists um that spam like activations aren't spamming max activations they're spamming a lot yeah 10 11 and 10 11 for starks you know still gives them a lot of like wiggle room that way you don't have to run all uh stormcrow uh mercenaries with your to you know as uh limousines for your uh or taxis for your uh wolves chauffeurs yeah (laughs) because i mean i Essentially, it saves you three points uh, on the wolves, but if you're not trying for that 12th activation, you could easily run 11 and then, you know, have, like, Sworn Swords instead. Which uh, are instead way the, better than Stormcrows. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Storm, God. Sworn Swords are so good. That's what I was just getting ready to say. Uh, Stark, you can almost make an entire army out of Sworn Swords, and it's just competitive right out of the box. Uh, the Sworn Sword Captain is just an insane attachment. Uh, but 
anyway, yeah, I, I, Dave, I, I echo pretty much everything that you're saying. So, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. One thing about Starks that is, I don't know, maybe not annoying, but no other faction can do too, at least not as effective, their access to crit and precision. Yes. Which is so which is very powerful. Cause pers- so, yeah, they have one over everyone else. Everyone else could – actually, not everyone can. Everyone else has Dario to choose from, but not every faction has ac- – well, hold on, I'm trying to think. No, not every faction has normal crit. Uh, Baratheons only Correct. get it if Stagnites are hurt, and then uh, neutrals have no access to it whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. Free folk, you can get it with, um, uh, I believe, uh, savages, as long as uh, a rank is killed on the enemy, uh, right? No, yes. they get thundering, plus one attack, plus one to hit, or the defender becomes vulnerable, and then they can they can mix and match with that. Sorry, I was saying yes, no, minus I've a rank. Been, I've been... <laughs> I've been playing Dave Dwellers, so... Uh, yeah, I only said yes to the minus rank. Um, so, we're definitely no. all in... We're all in really strong agreement that Starks... Uh, um, I would say, like, not easily takes the top spot, but just a, a solid, you know, a solid uh, first choice. Um, See, I disagree. I think they easily take the top spot. <laughs> Really? Even over, like, the next step? I'm very biased. Oh. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, you play me quite a bit, and that's, uh, for a while, that's all I played until more facts. Jose Jose played that until Baratheons came out, too, so I have played a tremendous amount of Starks. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's somewhat close, but, I mean, what they did in Paris is just insane. I mean, what did they have to stick the in? Yeah, that that bot like that's to me like a red flag. Like something's going on here, guys. People don't like bearded frozen guys that much. Well, could you imagine how uh, different Starks would be if Umbers and Tullys were their own faction? Oh, it'd be germ- like, I mean, that's, I mean, sworn shields are great. Bowmen are amazing. Oh, I want to talk about Bowmen before I move on. <laughs> uh, Bowmen are amazing now. <laughs> Outriders are amazing, so they'd still be pretty good, but not as diverse. So they'd be very Yeah, fun, exactly. I think, I think uh, they would uh, fall I was going to say I think they'd fall right in the middle of the list if you were to just do solely like Stark units. Um, you know, because Sworn Swords are great for your basic infantry. Uh, the Bowmen are great for your ranged and then the Outriders are great for your calves. So. The Bowmen are so good right now and so are the Outriders, but God, the bowmen bother me that these peasants with bows are better than trained mercs. <laughs> They're so much better, too. It's like twice as good. <laughs> yeah, bowmen are crazy good. Um, I, I think – I'm not screaming that they're overpowered or saying that they're – Neither am I. I, want, that, yes. I, think, I think most everybody would have been fine with the change to eight attack dice hitting on a three-plus combined with the change to Roderick, so – with Roderick in mind, it makes a crazy unit, but dude, the order on top of it is just, mm-hmm. dude. I do like, want to point out that I don't think they're broken, just like Brett said. By no means. No, I played against not. them a lot. They hurt, but I can, like, I get through it. <laughs> you can, you can definitely get. Uh, they're only insane with Roderick. They're manageable without him, but boy, they are nasty, nasty business. Somehow, the two times I fought Roderick recently, I have won both games, but. The first one was not a pretty victory. I had like a couple dudes left. My bastard girls are the only answer to Roderick. <laughs> so, 
Uh, next up on our yeah. list, uh, me and um, Brett have the same. We both have Free Folk and Baratheons. Um, uh, for Justin, you have uh, Night's Watch and Free Folk. So, uh, yeah, I'll it's let you like start it's, off, uh, Justin. It's really close for me. I guess I don't play enough Free Folk, and perhaps it's because I play neutral more than anything else that, um, like, Free Folk. Maybe that's like a weird thing to say, but Free Folk, while extremely strong, haven't proven super difficult for me. Night's Watch, every time I've played them, I mean, I win occasionally, but they're just so hard to crack, and they just have such a, no offense, Brett, but Commander Snow is just so powerful. It's ridiculous. Like, you can't, I don't even fight the vets. I just, I, I'm like, well, that's your objective. I'll see you later. <laughs> that, There's no hope to kill a good strategy to beat him actually is to just take those vets out of the game. But well, I don't have any defensive units, so it doesn't work like that. <laughs> they just kill everybody. But uh, it's it's so it's close. On my list that I actually wrote down, it's Free Folk slash Night's Watch in the same spot. I don't really know which one's better. It's it's a hard for me. I think the changes to Night's Watch were stronger than the changes to Free Folk, so maybe that's why. Yeah. Uh, one thing I want. One thing I wanted to mention real quick for anyone listening: we are factoring uh, in this list. We're factoring anything officially leaked. So even if it's not for retail yet. So we're talking uh, Hero Box. Oh, I think those are retails now for the yeah, Rose Knights. Hero Box one two. But we're counting Rose Knights and the Rulor Faithful and uh, Unsullied. Uh, we're counting everything that's official by Simon. So even uh, to include, uh, um, you say. It. I was gonna say, and we're counting like uh, Selmy for the Targaryens, and just anything that's official, officially leaked. Does that count for um, Kickstarter exclusives? I guess we um, didn't talk about that. I don't see why not. Uh, I, I mean, at this point, what we're missing only what three guys? Uh, main yeah, Jamie, and we know they're gonna be almost out. ever. And uh, mage, which you still almost never see, and then really, I think it's the mountain that's the only one that you're gonna see. But even then, uh, we'll get to them in a minute. But Baratheons uh, are about to have like an ultimate answer to solos with uh, Axel NCU. Uh, so I mean, I think the mountain that rides is going to you know, be dead in the water when you have something like Axel or even like, what does he have, a 3-up or 4-up morale? I think a 3-up. Yeah, it's 3. But still, yeah, can I you imagine uh, Mel uh, can nuke him, right? Because she can target anyone. So, you uh, know, granted, six, he's yeah. going to have a 7. Oh, no, yeah, minus 3, so 6. Granted, yeah, it's a 6-up, but... You don't even have to roll a D three, I believe. You just he would die <laughs> if he, he failed it. Yep, he would just die. Kaboof. And it's so. not. I mean, it's not that unimaginable for that to happen. Uh, Baratheons have access to panic tokens, which is really all you need to make that happen. And if you can't get that, oh, you yeah. use Axel's uh, remove a token thing if he's not your commander to deal two wounds, right? Yep. You just have to do it twice, though. I believe he has four wounds. Yeah, yeah, you got to do one more wound. But, I mean, you could get, like, a... I don't know. There's, I think Bradians have a lot of answers to auto wounds right now. Yeah. 
that's why, like, if you're, you know, Stark players, I think the the saving grace for the super activation Stark list is the fact that you get to run two lists. I would never in any way, shape, or form run the three wolf list if I knew I could only bring one list. Oh, you know, yeah. Because if they can just, oh. if they could snipe all three of my wolves and get three easy points, then yeah, no thank you. And then you're stuck with a bunch of storm crows and stuff, and you're gonna end up losing <laughs> that fight. Like I, I don't mind storm crow mercs, but you're gonna lose that fight against Baratheons. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Baratheons are disgusting. They're beautiful. So, well, my hammer boys. We'll talk about since something that we do have similar between our three lists. Even if, uh, I know yours is Night's Watch slash Free Folk, so we'll talk about Free Folk because Free Folk is number two on both mine and uh, Brett's list. I think Free Folk uh, right now. Um, I think you know, kind of mentioned it in the Free Folk uh, talk about the faction. I think they're just really strong in the sense that one, I think a lot of people just don't have a lot of uh, experience playing against them. Some do. I, it really just depends on your uh, gaming group. But not only that, uh, some of their combos can get pretty wonky with uh, with Harma, and then even like some of my favorite commanders are still like really good. Um, like my favorite to use is either Mance or uh, or Lord of Bones, and uh, even though it's probably not any, uh, more of the popular choices, you know, among more of the competitive players, uh, you know, I've made very good use of their abilities, and just the fact that they can go super elite with, like, giants or super horde with raiders, and neither option is necessarily bad, depending on your matchup. I, you know, I think we talked about it in our show with the Free Folk. Giants are either you have the answer for them and they kind of are a little sucky or you don't have an answer and they are literally going to walk all over you. Like you're going to have, you know, the worst time in the world dealing with them if you have no good way to deal auto wounds and just take them out. So I think that in itself almost lends to their strength as well. Not only that, but raiders at their point costs are also ridiculously good for the fact that they're not giving up those victory points. Um, and with uh, Egret, you know, you can uh, potentially uh, nullify uh, Walder Frey, uh, who's going to, you know, turn them, turn their uh, insignificant off. You know, that's probably why I consider Night's Watch above, because as a neutral player, if I'm playing Free Folk, I think almost every time I've used Roos. And so their insignificant becomes a major advantage for me, because I, I spend all game just turning it off. And that's just a ton of free points. Yeah. Um, don't forget the skin changes there when we're talking about things. That they I have haven't powerful. played against them since they came out, so. Yeah, it's I've only played bear. against them... I've only played against them once, and it uh, actually worked in my favor. Um, they uh, they charged me with their Spearwives, which had a skin changer, which then uh, charged in with the bear. But the bear was closer to me, or to another unit, and I was able to countercharge the bear and mm. just pop it with Sentinels. And then that free maneuver allowed me to go behind the Spearwives unit and then charge behind the spearwives in the rear, and it was, yeah, it was nasty. 
That's rude. <laughs> hey, it works. Yeah, they're they're really powerful for um, a one point unit. It's not and just it, the bear. I know everybody's high on the bear, but that eagle dude is amazing. I think yeah, it's really I've important. You also, oh. uh, go ahead, uh, Justin. I think it's. I mean, not only is it the fact that they're only one point, but they also ignore the normal. Uh, attachment limit, and I think that's yeah, huge because free folk have amazing attachments. Yes, they do. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, they have the the strongest attachment, uh, one-point attachment in the game, which is the Chosen of Stire. The ability Ugh. to throw out weekends within long. I mean... Just by activating? Ramsey can't even do that you, without punching Theon to death. <laughs> could you imagine if Sworn Sword Captains had that ability with their Vulnerable instead? That would... <laughs> no! Although, to be fair, I do rank Vulnerable better than Weekend. While I like... Like, Weekend, for sure, is great, but Vulnerable is better for me. Yeah, but the thing with Free Focus, they can spam it way better I know. than Sharks can spam it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm going to have so many Chosen of Stire that you will be Weakened forever. Someday Lannisters and Free Folk will be able to play together, and then it's just a bad day. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> God. But, uh, oh, what I was going to say about the um, the uh, skin changers is one thing I think that would kind of help in their strength is if they had to pick their animal uh, in list building. So they don't? you wouldn't be able to see. No, they just choose. <laughs> when, oh, good God. It, the only time is the bear, I believe. If you choose the bear, it's stuck as the bear. Um, if you choose, oh. But if you choose the eagle or the wolf, you get to keep re-choosing at the start of every uh, round. No, so you get to re-choose the unit that they go on. If you bring the bear, you have to bring it out at deployment. But the eagle and the yeah. wolf, you can switch you every round. You can't no, do that. Yeah, you're... Uh-huh. You're stuck once you deploy, but yeah, that's um, really? they don't have to declare. I swear it was. Uh, I'm gonna read no, it I'm, up. I'm pretty sure it's been a while. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they just the the wolf and the eagle. You change them round around, but you have to declare it at the beginning. So you use what you need. Yeah, so, so you, like, oh, you yeah. charge All with right. the eagle, the and then the next round, you use the, the so, wolf. So, yeah, you, you're right. You choose the animal. Uh, so you're st- whatever animal you choose, uh, you're stuck with. Though I am sort of right in the sense that you choose when you deploy. So based oh. on the matchup, you know what you're going to pick. Uh, whereas right. I'm saying if you had to pick it in the list building, you don't even know what you're yeah. facing. You just know. I mean, right. and in my opinion, the way the list building is done, to me, that makes more sense. Then again, I guess uh, skin changers would have more than one animal or would just no. books. Do they? No, only Varus, uh, only Verimus six skins or whatever his name is. It's oh, okay. Uh, so then I don't know I if they actually mention anyone then. else that has more than one. Maybe it's possible, but he's like uniquely the one who has a bunch. Gotcha. Well, I, don't know, I guess I would sort of stand by my opinion and that I think it should be part of list building rather than uh, during deployment and seeing what your opponent has. Um, 
and then just make the caveat that the bear is deployed at the same, you know, because if you pick the bear, it's part of your list, that the bear would just deploy at the same time as the skin changer's unit, so you're not getting an extra deployment activation. I think that's already how it is, but, you know, if you're going to change so, the yeah. wind deploying part, if you're going to change the wind deploying part, you have to, you know, clarify that. But anyway, that's all just speculation, so we're kind of off on a tangent there. But, yeah, free folks. Uh, especially now with the changes to um, the Bone Lord's Chosen and the uh, Followers of Bone, they're oh, extremely so good. Yeah, at six points, they're amazingly good. And then the, if you have the extra two points, which usually you will with a free folk list because a lot of their other options are cheap, even at eight points, the Bone Lord's Chosen was cut them down. And uh, Vicious is pretty nasty. I would rather compare uh, those. I'd rather have the regular followers with the Weeper. That's what I've been running. The Weeper is amazing. I like to look at followers of Bone and then look at Blackguard and cry. (laughs) 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 The free folk players used to look at followers of Bone and then look at Cutthroats and cry. I mean, that's still fair because Cutthroats are fantastic but blackguard <laughs> no it's it's their attack like their attachments are amazing uh mance raiders ncu is amazing he's kind of like a mini walter Frey. i think free folk have the best ncus in the game yeah and then Steyr. it's i think Steyr makes that army right now oh my god um, Steyr, four points perfect still great Steyr, Steyr is <laughs> yeah. ridiculous uh the fact that he can now go um on on the trappers for their bows mm. and do D3 wounds is insane. So really, he didn't get a nerf or a buff. They just changed him sideways. Something like that, yeah. He, <laughs> yeah. I think at, in, in a lot of the competitive lists, he's not like auto-include auto because it's between him and man. But uh, yeah, he's just damn good. You don't want to see him across the table from you. He's so good. <laughs> So yeah, they've um, become a panic army. So he mandates a panic test. Is why he's so powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's because it's part of the attack. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah. If they've got if they've got Steyr, you're taking a panic test. And then when you got the Weaver, not if I'm got that built-in panic token, basically that's not actually a panic token. So the Weaver can make Kingsguard and. Uh, honor Guard re-roll their panic dice. It's gross. Uh, Bradians mm-hmm. might be uniquely positioned to excel against them at the moment, though, with Elena, or at least Renly. Yes, Elena is uh, problematic. I've played against Baratheons with Free Folk. I still give Free Folk the edge, but Elena is... And it's it's like people might say, well, Elena's five points and Steyr's four points, so it's dumb that you're spending five points to shut off four points. But... The Baratheon list isn't built around Elena. While wow, Steyr is. Built, is, is. He's so pivotal to that list. Yeah, that's uh, uh, that's they, one less panic test you're going to be taking, possibly, uh, because it yeah. could be on raiders that are only swinging six dice hitting on fours against shields. Correct, exactly. He gives them punching power that they lack without him. So, so uh, we actually have a uh, caller on, so we're going to let uh, the caller come on and 
Um, just so we can make sure we can get through the rest of the episode, uh, um, just going to have you come on if you want to uh, just kind of talk about what you think the number one and uh, uh, and the the best and the worst uh, faction in your opinion is. Uh, it's color. You're uh, uh, one zero two nine. How are you doing? I'm done really on. Hello? Yeah, you're on. Hello? Oh, yeah, hey. we can hear you. Oh, uh, sweet. This is the first time. Uh, uh, <laughs> so what's your uh, your uh, number one faction and your least? Uh, it's it's kind of hard because uh, in my heart, I love the Starks. I uh, always <laughs> been like the, the Starks. Uh, uh, from the beginning, I have the game since the uh, the uh, Kickstarter. But I think the number one faction, playing wise, is a uh, nice watch, just because it's uh, you can misplay and come back every single time. That's a good point. You always you always go to have your full hand, no matter what you do, because. Trust me, uh, I play with my Starks, and I've been playing, like, so many games and try so many things. I try all the commanders, and I want to say for 20 games I've been playing uh, Nice Watch, so far I've only won, like, probably four or five. Now, uh, I was going to ask, so... Let's uh let's assume like both players are like top notch like you know really amazing players. One's playing Starks and one's playing Night's Watch, and so, so their mistakes are. <laughs> so their let's say their mistakes are almost minimal to none. Uh, would you still put Night's Watch up there uh, since like their forgiveness isn't as, or uh, would you still eke uh, Night's Watch a little ahead? I would say Night's Watch a little ahead, just for the fact that like. Uh, Everything they do is, is very much what they do. They're, they're an elite army. Uh, they uh, Basically, they always have any answers at their disposal. Uh, they can go either way, like full uh, elite, full health. I mean, it's a very well-rounded army all the way. It's very hard to deal with. It. To me, it's very hard to deal with the Night Watch. Compared with the other factions, uh, like you, you mentioned, the uh, free folk. Uh, so far, I've been always have good results against free folk, but my opinion is just because free folk is the hardest hardest army to play. It's very difficult. It's, you all you have to make sure you play like a hundred percent well every time. Yeah, In plus your tactics deck. Plus, their tactics deck, in my opinion, is the the hardest to uh, like really um, make use of. Uh, yeah, I would definitely agree. Night's Watch, um, for me, uh, it took a very out of all the factions uh, I had to face. Uh, Night's Watch definitely took me the longest to get the hang of playing against. Because when I first started playing against them, I f- I felt like they were unbeatable almost until I finally played enough games that I kind of started to learn how you had to approach them. But I could definitely After see. Months. Yeah. <laughs> so, you had to tell me um, because I, I've been trying everything. 
Use Baratheon uh, and use it. Edmund Estermont. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say as Starks, um, out of all of my very, like, competitive and top-notch, like, tournaments that I've gone to, uh, let's see, I believe I've only lost to, out of all, all of them, I've played Starks every time as my faction, and I've only lost, I think, like, four times. Uh, once was to uh, a Stark, and then the other three were to Night's Watch. I've never lost to any other faction that I can think of. Uh with my Starks at, like, a top-notch tournament. Um, so definitely Night's Watch, especially as a Stark player, gives me the most trouble. Though I do have a lot more wins than I do have losses, but it still says something that I struggle against them overall between if I'm playing as Starks. Uh, so if you're saying you you mainly play Starks, and that sort of makes sense. Starks do have a lot of answers for Night's Watch, but they're not, like guaranteed answers and it you know like you're saying the forgiveness of the night's watch definitely can shine through sometimes uh and stop your offense uh with your starks right right well and back ah. to the back to the list uh, in my opinion uh personally uh i will say like uh night's watch will be like number one uh the starks will be number two uh lannister will be number three I will say Baratheons and Neutral will be like together. And uh free folk uh, it's, it's just these three together they're they're hard to play. Free folk, mm-hmm. uh, neutrals and and Baratheons. Right now with with all they have, uh, I I I think that they need to develop a little a little bit more. Uh the Baratheons have way two different styles to play. But uh, I would I will say that like the last bottom it will, it will be like divided between those three because I cannot actually say like this one is better or that one is better. Each one has their cons and pros. So I always say like just one, two, and three just be like uh, nice watch Starks and Lannisters and the other three will be together because I cannot just point like which one will be better. And I'm guessing uh, Targaryens would be the last one for you. Honestly, yes, until I see the uh, Unsullied. The Unsullied are terrified. They are, but yeah. they're nine I, points, which is difficult for a foot units. True, true. But if they land one charge in one Oh, it's a bad hit, day. <laughs> it's, that's it. You, your units are gone. Like, there's no it's way. A it's a bad it's day. It's just one after the other after the other, and just like... <laughs> I, I was surprised the first time I played. Well, I, we don't play. We just, like, proxy the Ansali. Sure. And it was like, oof. It was <laughs> rough. I was, I was winning, and he just got one good hit, and my army started falling apart in just one turn. Oh, those guys are going to kill my... So I play neutrals, and I usually, like, kind of stick to cutthroats and bastards girls. Unsullied will one-shot them every single time, I think. Ten shots hitting on two with rerolls. I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, every they time they hit me, <laughs> and they have so many weapons on their disposal to be able to reach you every time. They're just like they're, movement they're eight infantry. They're, like, <laughs> they're yeah, they're very scary. But I, they I definitely also have enough that, tools like, to make them a lot faster. Yes, true, true. But also, but, thing is uh, like if you can either. Either go infantry or go all cavalry. Uh, I don't 
feel like the deck is all like one-sided. It's either you can go one way or the other. The deck can be a little uh, hard. I think Targaryen decks, while powerful, kind of hard to use right now with the units that are out. I think it'll be kind of filled in later on, which I think is how I felt about the Baratheon deck too. Well, the thing is that mm-hmm. Baratheon deck, I think, is more difficult to play because everything just trigger after on when a unit activates. <laughs> Good thing you're going to be activated all the time. time. Yeah, it's, it's hard to go through. I think right now uh, that that got fixed, though. Uh, maybe not perfectly fixed, but um, like the Renly side, being able to have a bigger hand and uh, an NCU that replaces for more cards, and then the Stannis side having the swap-out cards with Estermont, uh, I think that'll help out a tremendous amount. Yeah, they definitely get a lot of card manipulation with uh, the two new hero boxes. Mm-hmm. And not to compare, but this is the same problem I have with uh, Great John Umber. Uh, all uh, this compared with the uh, Baratheon's cards. His units dying. They, yeah, like all the cards of Great John Umber, they do too little, too late. That's true. I mean, they're really good, but that's it's a good point. Well, my problem is like yeah, and that's all his effects. They that, give you, they hurt you. And most of the effects of the uh, Starks, they also hurt you. So you end up with, like, killing yourself almost. And that makes sense with, like, the play style. But, like, in a competitive sense, if you're, like, trying to play the long game, uh, like, that's why my all-umber list has Blackfish as commander rather than uh, Great John Umber. And that's, one, because uh, Great John has uh, when a unit is destroyed, and I don't want four when unit destroyed out of 20 cards in my deck. But not only that, uh, you don't w- your strategy should not be I need him to kill me to, or hurt me bad. I need, you need, your strategy has to be proactive because uh, in a game where you only need 10 points, it's hard to not, uh, it's hard to, uh, the game where you need to die to do your uh, effects. You need something that's going to actively hurt your opponent or control them in some way. Right. Right. You're, you're right. So, but yeah, uh, I would, uh, there's definitely a lot of similarities between uh, your list and ours, um, especially like more towards the top and the bottom. Um, But that's the nice thing about this game is, you know, uh, whether or not you take, uh, you know, your list or any of our lists, I mean, the factions are all so close together, in my opinion, that it's not a one-sided fight by any means, unless, like, it's a very specific list against a very specific list that just happens to be its weakness. But I think as a faction as a whole, if you're Starks, you know, no other faction... Uh, is like a guaranteed loss just because it's that faction. And that can be, that's the same thing can be said with all the other factions. Um, Targaryens, on the other hand, I, it's one of those Targaryens is uh, so low on all of our lists because, you know, they have only one unit spoiled and a starter box. So naturally they don't really have the tools yet. And that's understandable. I mean, you can't really, you know, if, the faction was like, you know, amazingly good with just the starter and like just wrecking face. 
Yeah, Night's Watch did do that for a while. <laughs> so, um, I mean, it's and that's only with two definitely something. Yeah. Well, at that point, it was really just one commander, but. <laughs> yeah. Definitely <laughs> I, not. You know, I one love. More I definitely loved uh, Drawer before. Uh, I liked playing him just because he was different, but I had no delusion that he was anywhere near as good as John. I just personally liked playing Jorah better. Uh, he was just more fun. Um, but uh, what do you think, Brett? I mean, you've been quite, kind of quiet over there. Sometimes I just oh, no. you guys talk and listen. Sometimes I no. No. No, um, no, I think he's right. Um, when the two and ex- I, I still stand by where I've got my guy stood, but or where I have my guys, but I think um, for a lot of people when you're playing against Night's Watch, it seems really frustrating because, yeah, they have an answer to everything. Um, Watcher on the Wall has, <laughs> I mean, how many times have you been screwed because you weren't quite ready for that card? And, and unless you have a way to stop it, I mean, how do you really prepare for it? Uh, you can try to position your guys to where the unit doesn't march up to your flank, but at some point you're going to get Watchered. There's not a whole lot you can do about it. Uh, they've got ways to remove activation tokens uh, with Jon Snow. You've effectively got four ways because um, it shall not end. Not only keeps the unit in play, which is good enough on its own, if they're within short range of John, they lose their activation token too. Um, and this is all, they're still incredibly powerful, and this is with a one-point bump to Sworn Brothers and a pretty strong nerf to Ghost. And personally, me playing them, I'm, I'm, I'm still just kind of trucking right along, uh, even with those things considered. Now, I never played with uh, Night's Watch when Sworn Brothers were six points. I can only imagine how ridiculous my army would be if that was the case. But, um, yeah, they're still very good. They're still uh, up there in the top tier. And, uh, yeah, that Heroes box definitely helped them out. Um, and then, in addition to the Hero box, the uh, the upgrade to Donald Noy, the upgrade to Corn Halfhand, um, the upgrade to Jor, NCU, and Commander version, and his uh, uh, Halfhand's attachment version. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, yeah, they're just really nice. There's not really a, a bad choice for a commander. I think Alistair is a fantastic commander. Uh, he's very, very scary, and he's difficult to deal with. Uh, have you have you had to deal with Alistair yet, where where you're playing? Is, uh, is our caller still on? Oh yeah, yeah you you Sorry. yeah yeah. yeah. Sorry. Have, have you played? Uh, yes, have I you, mean, <laughs> um, the guy uh, the most I played the most he's a. Uh, well-rounded, like he knows his stuff with a uh, uh, nice watch. Uh, he also used the list with the uh, conscript. Hmm. And yeah. it's, so it's so frustrating because I've been putting down the conscripts all the way to one rank in two, probably like two Furies, and that's it. And they come back for no reason. And even if I destroy them, <laughs> they have insignificance. I was like, yeah. I just waste so much resources to get rid of like a five point unit and I don't get nothing. Oh, it's it's yeah, depressing. They're, I know. They're a four point unit. So if that makes oh, four point worse. Unit, <laughs> yeah. No, you're fine. Just in no, case. Five if you want to run <laughs> the make, recruiter. Just, <laughs> yeah, it just makes it, it feel worse. And the interesting thing is if you put Otho Yarwick as your commander, the conscripts can actually kind of punch too, so um, their profile's not great. What is it, seven five three? Hitting on fours, right? I don't run them. Hitting on fours, yeah, but you throw awful in there and give them vicious, uh, mm-hmm. thundering with pre- it's thundering with precision. 
or he also uh, used the guy he given like defense. I don't know which one it is. Donald Noy. Donald. Yeah, Noy. there you go. Oh, that's amazing yeah, with John scripts because you just throw them in there and you bulwark and then. Like, you don't care if you don't do anything because they're conscripts. Yeah, yeah that's funny. That's a good point. Just throw them up there and bull mm-hmm. conscripts. Yeah. Oh, no, I can't attack. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they care. <laughs> so you, uh, so yeah, there's a, you know, a pretty strong list that he got. If you're playing against Night's Watch, as Night's Watch, you throw your conscript up at uh, John and some vets, and you just sit there for a while, healing every round. You don't even attack, so you don't get hit by counterattacks. Just sit there. <laughs> you know, speaking of Donald Noy, I just want to throw it out there that I'm so happy that uh, his buff came, because out of all the Night's Watch characters, him and Cotter Pike, who I bet will be a commander in the next box, are my two favorite Night's Watch characters. Uh, Donald Noy is the one who actually slayed the giant in the tunnel um, that Gren did in the show. Uh, so he sacrificed himself to kill that giant. So he's like a super cool character. I'm so glad that he's much better now. Not that he was bad before, but... No, his MCU is phenomenal. He's made his way into my list, every one of them. So That's my boy. I have more respect for you. Not much, but more. <laughs> yeah, Night's Watch have like four very solid... Uh... Um, MC four point NCUs that yeah, Corin Halfhand concerns me. I think he's so good now. Yeah, Halfhand, even Mormont now is really good. Uh, and then you got mm-hmm. Donald Noy, and then uh, well, Amon. All four of them at four points are all amazing. But obviously, you're not going to spend uh, 16 points on four NCUs. You got to pick. <laughs> Aren't you forgetting about the steward too? Even with his bump, he's still like an integral part of the list, isn't he? Uh, I think more, but yeah, I think because of how good the other four are, that he it got bumped down a bit. Him out of yeah, like he was before all the other ones got a bump, he was still takeable at four. But now that everyone else got that huge, you know, bumps, he's just out of the picture in my opinion. Like I don't know, I feel like they need to rework him if they want him to be a valid option now because of how good the other four are. I, think I mean, he definitely has a nice ability uh, to help with drawing all those cards, but when you already have uh, two cards in your deck that let you draw two cards, it's not as, like, imperative that you um, have his ability. I'd much rather spend three points on uh, Craster to get his card draw. Yeah. You know, I... I do run Craster, and he's really good, but I think Bowen Marsh, uh, it just depends on what you want to do with your list. Um, I, I think we all know I hated Night's Watch when I played Lannister primarily. They were my least favorite army to play. Um, I ran Tyrion, and there's just no way you can stop all their cards. But I think we can all, everybody in this conversation can relate to the fact that a Night's Watch player with eight or nine cards in his hand it almost freezes you. Like, you don't even want to do anything because it's like, well, if I attack him, he's got 15 cards in his hand. He's probably got Watcher on the wall. Or um, Shield at, I, at the least. Yeah, I hate that card. If you're sta- staring at Ghost and they have, like, nine cards, and you're like, the chances <laughs> that they possibly have both, it shall not end. And you're like... I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Ghost, do you're I not going to die. Ghost do I attack ghosts just so he wastes them or do I uh, attack the big guys and then they use it on that and 
I feel like that's almost more devastating. I mean, you know, doing it on ghosts is just salt on on a wound, but doing it on a unit is where it really like you know because that unit's going to hit back really hard. And you put uh, in so much cases. work into killing a unit as opposed to a dog. I think exactly. it's most so. I think it's most deflating to play on John's own unit. Oh my god! Yeah. Well, yeah. John. With, uh, <laughs> then heal John well, the ridiculous... with John's uh, order, and then Amon for yeah, another that's what I was six. Say. The, ridic- <laughs> the ridiculous thing is, if he hasn't sent his order, not only does he stay alive, he immediately heals D three. Then, if Amon's still around, he's healing probably three to six more, depending on if the bags are open. Nation <sighs> token got removed. So in fire and blood, he gets to add another victory point. Yeah, I, I I think a lot of the guys that have played me can relate to that frustration. I, I've won games on the back of that card, allowing John to add one more victory point on a unit filled. It's like, well, I would have been at nine, but thanks to this busted ass card, I'm at ten. So I mean, it's one of the best cards in the game, easily. Yeah, well, yeah. So, when we did the top cards, it was it was uh, everyone had it in their top five. So I, I kind of want to move on uh, to our next one. So for us, for me and uh, Brett, it's number three. And for uh, um, uh, Justin, it's uh, number four. We have Baratheons. And, again, this is factoring all of the leaked stuff and the most recently, you know, the most recent uh, releases, which is the Hero Boxes. Um, I have put Baratheons so high, I think maybe – could be a little biased because uh, I've played a lot as them, so I, I feel like I have a good understanding of their capabilities. Because even with just the uh, uh, starter box before, I was you know winning a lot of local tournaments with them. Uh, not like super easy, but uh, you know it was. It seemed like they had a lot of. Uh, things that weren't like that don't they don't just like jump out at you you kind of have to play as them or you know sometimes experience it happen to you uh but now that they have all these added tools i think it just you know bumped them up on the list a couple for me i think i would have put them at uh third from last so was at uh fifth place I would have put them at fifth before all the new releases, but now with all the new releases, I think they're contenders for close to the top spot. What do you think, Brett? I I can't disagree. Um, and they've suddenly become very popular, and everybody and their brother is running them. I think the last three games that I've played on Tabletop Simulator have been against them. Uh, they've always had Rose Knight, uh that's why I ranked them in the spot that I'd rank them. Uh, I think with, uh, like we already mentioned with Sire, uh, Elena is better than you think uh, because my opponent was savvy enough to shut off Donald Noy, knowing that I rely on those counterattacks to start adding some of the damage because my veterans don't punch too terribly hard. And, uh, yeah, so shutting off Donald Noy with her, I didn't get to spend a single token the last game that I played because she just shut him off. So, so you had a four-point um, NCU that did two points worth of work? Yeah, he did nothing. Yeah, he did nothing the whole game. Um, and it, it, I mean, it was very difficult to win uh, because, you know, I, he built into my list over Bowen Marsh, you know, or over Varys or over um, Halfhand, 
because I'm depending on those tokens to help my counterattack do what they need to do. And she's just like, nope, no, we're not doing that. No, we're not doing that. So, um, But it's all of their out-of-turn attacking and now their ability to cycle through their deck, get their cards, um, Elden, you know, draw three, put one at the bottom of your hand. Bottom of the deck. Yeah. Bottom of your hand. <laughs> bottom <laughs> of your hand. Draw three. Bottom of your deck. all three, but one of them has to <laughs> go to the I bottom. Mean. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, it, is it the Courtney Penrose attachment that lets you have four? Yes. Yeah, so you, uh, you can start You start with four in your hand, then you grab the letters, so you got six, then you use Elden on whatever zone you don't care about, and now you've got, you got eight cards. In the first round, and they can't stop you if you're going first. Yeah, that's like the OP yep. uh, Bone and Marsh Crafter crap. And Except you can horn. keep doing it <laughs> over and over again. Well, especially if in those four cards you draw a conviction, you can use one right away. Um, and then you know you you know just to like kind of like start getting cards out of your hand quicker. That way you can just keep drawing them because uh, if you can use them fast enough then, uh, you know, you can really make use of that plus one hand size. Well, not to mention, I think that's, uh, at that point, all those when a unit activates or when an engage unit activates cards are now more of a boon than they were uh, before they were like a detriment because they're the same trigger. But now you can more or less every unit in your second and third turn if you're in combat are going to have a buff to their activation. So your five, yep. six, seven-point units are now becoming six, seven, eight-point units every time they activate. Yeah, that and Baratheons, uh, I mean, they're they're similar to Night's Watch in the sense that they're very hard to kill. They're very defensive, uh, but they still have a good, uh, like, a bite, like a good uh, offense. The difference between Baratheons, I think, the Night's Watch. Night's Watch have a lot more defense in the sense of healing. Baratheons just have it. Uh, I mean, I guess Renly does have a bunch of healing too, but all three of the um, cards heal. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, and Baratheons have it in the sense that uh, they're doing damage back to you. If that makes sense, it's like a, a defensive reaction. Um, well, that's you know, similar to what John looked. Uh, a John list? Yeah. Uh, John, like, vets do all their damage off counterattack, essentially. Oh, yeah, well, vets. But I mean, like, uh, because you're going to have, like, hours of the Fury and counter charge and, you know, mm. all these things that are pretty powerful because they're Last reactive. Hand. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, yes, like vets, if you're running, like, all vets, it kind of simulates the very same thing that Baratheon says, in a sense. But uh, since usually you're only seeing, like, one vet unit, uh, I guess I wasn't really seeing it that way. Um, uh, but, yeah, I think uh, Baratheons, you're going to see a lot more of them. You're going to see a lot of their popularity really uh, shine through uh, once, you know, everything that's uh, happening you know, kind of calms, calms down and everyone starts, you know, going back out into the sun. Uh, so we'll see how that how it develops. But, yeah, there, for me um, – and Brett and you know Justin is only one spot different. You know we we rank them pretty high, especially for such a new faction. You know all things considered. Um, uh, they have a lot of auto wounds too. I think that's an important note. Baratheons oh, have yeah. now gained a tremendous amount of options to auto wound, which is such a good thing in this game. 
Yeah, especially uh, Stannis in particular. So if you want Renly, you're going to have a, a pretty crazy amount of healing, in my opinion. Um, if you want Stannis, you're going to have a pretty crazy amount of auto wounds. Uh, so Giants, beware. Uh, wolves, beware. Anything that, like, really doesn't want those auto wounds because they're very defensive or hard to, you know, pick off um, or easy targets in some way uh, with a little amount of wounds, then... You know, they're really going to make those lists suffer, which is a nice balance to the game. Uh, like I said, you know, that's the only really saving grace for an all-wolf list is the fact that you get two lists. Um, I feel like it would be, you know, you could completely lose a game if all you if you could only bring one list and you bring one with all wolves and you happen to face a Baratheon list, especially Stannis, you know, you could end up, you know, losing simply because you gave up three easy victory points to Axel and CU. Um, yeah, uh, so, but next up on our list, though, uh, is our fifth, um, which is all, uh, well, mine and uh, Brett's fourth option is uh, Night's Watch, uh, but we kind of already covered them. Um, but then our fifth is, for all three of us is the same, which we have Lannisters. Um, granted, there's seven faction, so there's an odd number, so really our fourth was kind of in the middle, but I feel like Lannisters uh, demonstrates, like, the perfect faction that's, like, you know, exactly where they need to be. They're very strong, they're very fair, uh, and they're kind of like the middle ground uh, for standards, I think. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about that. I completely agree. I think it's a, it's a good benchmark. Yeah. They're they're in a pretty good spot. I think I think the reason I place them low uh, right now is because this meta is kind of uh, developing to where it's it's all about that one big play. Um, for Stark, you know, you can uh, sudden charge and and start that downhill big play. Um, you know, with Night Watch, it's Watcher on the Wall with your heavy hitter into the flank and. Um, with free folk, it's a sinking maneuver with uh, Steyer grabbing the horse and then, you know, starting that panic damage. Uh, Lannisters are just sitting there and they're lucky whoa. to get seven, eight activations. So whoa, 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 though. They have, like, the biggest, uh, like, one-hit wonder ever. If you have both overruns in your hand, you can pull off the sweetest thing imaginable. Yes, Gregor <laughs> Gregor, in general, is a saving grace for that the faction, and I did mention that. I think with the change to Varys, not being able to put orders to destroy out of your hand anymore, I think Gregor is incredibly powerful, uh, maybe one of the best commanders, but Lannisters with their horrible morale and their glass mm-hmm. cannon kind of nature, there are so many factions that can just dog walk them before they even get to make that play. Even oh, Baratheons I know that feeling. With, uh, even Baratheons with Illyrio, um, you know, if you're not prepared for that, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't have the defense set up for that, they can just come across the board on turn one and blow up that, uh, blow up that unit of Gregor Pyromancers, no problem. Sure, so, sure, and uh, they could do the same thing Gregor can with Overrun and Vets, or yeah. heaven forbid, if you have uh, Swordsmen or Swordmasters. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Mountains, <laughs> mountains men, I love them. They're gonna hurt you really bad. Mountains men. Depending, they can go toe-to-toe with a lot of elite units because Vicious is so powerful right now. And then you've got Cersei and Hear Me Roar in the mix. But with that said, um, they blow up really easily. <laughs> Morale 7, 
is pretty pretty <laughs> terrible. So yeah, I mean they're the exact same thing as cutthroats, just with crit and plus one armor for one more point. So I, I, I they're the same unit in my opinion, just one point better. Yeah, yeah. Yep. The uh, cutthroats even have that little special. The you already mentioned the bone. Yeah. See, yeah, for yeah. for me, I'm in the position where I I like the position that uh, Lannisters are in at the moment. That I don't even know what like the next unit that they get would even do like without mounted going mountainsmen. Away. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, that would be that would be perfect. Uh, and because um, before my thought was that you know what do they give them? I mean that's a perfect uh, example right there, but. Uh, before I was thinking, what would they give them without either just redundantly giving them something they already have or uh, expanding onto something that isn't really their identity? It makes sense yeah, as a next mounted, logical step, like story-wise, too, because it's mentioned a lot that he's riding through the rivers la- riverlands with his mounted men just burning shit down. So I think I think that'll be a unit we see sooner than later. I hope so, because yeah. that would be really cool. Mountainsmen have always been among my favorite units, uh, or Me infantry too. unit for the for the uh, Lannisters. For the whole uh, game, you, for me. Also, waiting more attachment. Yep. Because we're missing also Kevin Lannister, the brother. Yes. Uh, Kevin That's Lannister's wife is a big player Lannister. in the books. Right. Missing, uh, I know their next hero box has probably got to have, like, a lot of the Lannister, like, cousins and sons and daughters and, like, just a lot of, like, the, you know, I'm sure there's the other characters, too, because I'm, I'm going based off, you know, the movie or the, the show, uh, so whereas the books, you know, that's Justin's expertise, I'm sure there's so, a yeah, lot we'll of see really probably. cool Lannister characters. I think it'll be all Lannisters. It'll probably be Kevin. It'll be Tywin's sister, who I can't remember. Maybe her husband, and then some of the cousins. Uh, Stephen Lannister, I think it was the, yeah. the name of the other guy. Or like, um, it could even have like uh, uh, Cersei's uh, kids. You know, kind of how they have. Uh, um, man, I cannot uh, remember the stupid names. How they have the. Uh, Baratheon or Stannis's wife and daughter, you know, kind of like just. Oh like, yeah. Yeah, you know, so I, I wouldn't put it past them to have like these kids as MCUs. You know, even if it's like all three of them standing on one thing and they're just, I don't know, something. I don't know. What I mean, they, they could be by themselves. You have Sansa and Arya, so they could be by themselves too. Does, yeah, that uh, makes sense. Does um, separate in the book, Justin? Does uh, Marjorie get mixed up with the Lannisters? What do you mean mixed up? Like married to them? Like, yeah. Uh, I don't think it ever got that far because Loras, something bad happens. Well, he he gets burnt alive at with oil at Dragonstone, and Marjorie is like in the process of doing it all. I think. I think she uh, But did she? Did she? She didn't ever marry. Uh, um, I think she's betrothed to him in the books. Yeah. Give oh, me okay. a Sansa Lannister army. Give me burnt Loras. Do <laughs> Lannisters have uh, Lannisters crest is a lion? Do they have like lions that they keep around no. anywhere? No. no, not it doesn't. You don't even know it. what a lion is. <laughs> I mean, it's it's totally plausible in the books. I mean, I'm sure they've had them in the past and stuff. 
Uh, I mean, they've added things to the game that aren't in the books. The Dothraki, whatever those new Dothraki units coming out, I don't remember anything about them chasing lions or whatever the hell that is. So, I mean, Berserkers aren't mentioned in the book. They they can add whatever they want. It's just loosely originate. Maybe they'll get, like, a, an elite unit called, like, the Lions of Lannister or something, and they'll be, like, axe-wielding, sweet, armor-plated dudes. I don't know. All right. Um, so we're sort of off track there. So, yeah, Lannister's a, a good, solid uh, <laughs> um, middle ground, I think, to base all the other factions off. At the moment, you never know. They could get, like, another two units and just completely jump this list all the way up or, you know, somehow get left behind. But right now they're, like, middle ground, in my opinion. Um, so one next... thing left, if you don't mind. Yep. Yeah, no problem. So one reason I ranked them low is because of how powerful one list is. Like, I still think they're really powerful, but they have one list that is so much better to take than almost every every list they could come up with, and that's Faith Militant. Uh, they're just... that Or Warrior Sons with the champion in them are so yeah. hard to fight without being able to shut off their abilities that it's such a a power play for Lannisters, I guess. No, yeah, yes, I agree. Uh, I think that list kind of carries Lannisters uh, quite a bit in the competitive scene. And that's not to say there aren't other lists. I've seen plenty of really good sure, Lannister sure. lists. And, and me personally, I haven't actually ran a Faith Militant list myself with my Lannisters. Um, yeah, you have I against me run. twice. Oh, yeah, I proxied them, right? That was, yeah, and I have a bunch I of bastard I have... I have yet to play them with their current rule set. Correct. I have never played them with the panned out of panic and vulnerable. <laughs> and so um, there's that. So yes, I did. Uh, I did play like an all like free a free or an all faith list, but it was based on some like leaked uh, images that turned out to not end up being true. Um, and I was just curious how they'd play out. So. Um, so yeah, I've played that, but I have not played the current, like, Faith Militant list. Uh, I've pretty much, I usually stick to, what would you say, Justin, um, like, a bunch of Halberdiers and Mountainsmen. I use Crossbows a lot, too. Yeah, I'll mix them in from time to time, especially, like, my Tyrion list, which I talk about from time to time, which is the four, uh, Halberdiers, all, I think all but one with a Assault set, and then a uh, Tyrion and some uh, crossbowmen. And so you have an entire army of nothing that degrades until you get them down to their last rank. The entire army has thundering and, you know, Tyrion with uh, the MCUs uh, with a bunch of control elements. I think I got Varys and something else in there. But, uh, oh, Pycelle for the the weekend to kind of, like, soften up, you know, their attacks. So, um, So, yeah, it's Lannister's definitely at a good spot, I think, uh, and we'll see. Uh, uh, something I want to mention about the Lannisters. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, it's a list that uh, one of my friends is working on it. It's with uh, pretty much a Tywin with uh, Bloody Mormons and uh, and Dervishes. All weekend, oh, Bloody Mormons and Dervishes? Wait, do we know yeah. what? Oh, nice. Dervishes? I mean, uh, uh, what's it called? Stormcrow uh, Rider. Oh, the <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah Tywin could definitely make advantage of that, you know, quite a bit. 
Oh, absolutely. That's why I think they're the point cost that they are, is because of Lannister's ability to maximize them. Well, not only that, um, now you have, uh, what's his face, um, for Brassians, or who is it that also gives out a weekend? Yeah. Oh, no, that's Fargo. Uh, Fargo. That's Fargo. Never mind. Fargo, Fargo. that's a neutral. But, um, Another, you know, another thing I absolutely love uh, Tywin when I've only ever gotten to play with it twice, but uh, Tywin and some Blackguard really can make Blackguard uh, you ridiculous. Know, shine where, yeah, like you know, before like Blackguard are it's hard to take more than one unit for me, uh, even though I own three of them. But it's hard to take Tywin, one. Like, yeah, uh, with Tywin they're so great. Uh, opinion and they put out a lot of damage but if you're running Tywin and some of them and they run like a unit or two of uh, skirmishers that could be pretty nasty But I guess um, my problem with that is like what, yeah go ahead we'll talk to them about them later. I was going to say we're, yeah, we're, we're running a little short on time uh, we only yeah. got a couple more up um, so me and uh, Justin our last two are similar and then uh, Brett's has just swapped uh, uh, for the last two so me and uh um, Justin put neutrals and then Targaryens, and then Brett has Targaryens then neutrals. Uh, I personally think it's just because Targaryens don't have the options yet. Uh, is why I put neutrals above them. But I oh. think, I think unfortunately, if you give it time, Targaryens are probably going to leap up this list quite a bit. Uh, I mean, probably a lot. I mean, I would not doubt if they make at least top, uh, you know, the fourth spot eventually, if not higher. Uh, but that's just a, a guess. Um, you know, you never know what would come out or how they end up playing. But I really think that Targaryens are going to jump up quite a bit. But at the moment, with their very, very limited uh, amount of uh, options, you know, they're just, unfortunately, they're, you know, last. And um, most uh, armies, when they first come out, are usually, you know, last right away, I think, or at least, you know, in the testing stages, once, you know, while people are still trying to figure them out and, you know, not only play as them or play, um, but play against them. But uh, uh, Brett, what would you say? Why would you uh, put them reverse? Sorry, what did you say? Hmm. I was. <laughs> I just said, you know, a bunch of bad, mean things about you. Yeah, that's no, that's sorry. Dave, bad, mean person. I was distracted for a second. I'm guessing you asked why I had them ranked the way that I did. I was, yeah, I was asking why in particular you have them ranked opposite of me and uh, Justin, other than the fact that we're cool and you're not. Yeah, totally. <laughs> That's what it is. Now, I think, I think neutral struggle with a couple of things. Um, maybe I'm just high on the activation count right now, but uh, neutrals like Lannister's struggle to really uh, get their activations up there. Um, I think maybe with cutthroat spam they could do it, but cutthroats die really easily. Um, I just haven't been impressed with Blackguard, and I think overall in general, uh, neutrals units just most of the time they're better in an army that's not neutrals, and it's really unfortunate for them. I know that they have a really nice deck, and it's kind of a jack-of-all-trades, but in my opinion it's weaker than the Night's Watch deck, and then their troops are weaker than Night's Watch, so I just... It's not that I don't think they're good, and I know that they can be good, and I know that excellent players, uh, Justin, you actually are a really good player, can make them really good, um, and that's fine. But uh, I just don't see. 
maybe it's just me personally when I play neutrals at any tournament. I'm just not intimidated. I'm I'm not really scared. Um, they don't really have anything that just overly impresses me. So, Brett, um, just a quick side question about the, what you mentioned about the Night's Watch Tactics deck. Could you elaborate a little bit on why you think their deck is weak? Um, just because I, I know you know as well as I do, there are some people out there that think that it is the strongest deck in the game, um, which, it, I don't know, I think I'm a little different than you in the sense that I think it's strong. I think it's right in the middle for me uh, if I were to rank all the decks, but uh, just your opinion on that. It's not that it's weak. I don't think it's a weak deck at all. I think it's a good deck. I think it's a great deck. It's well-rounded. got a little bit of everything and a little bit of control. But if I'm comparing apples to apples in a, a jack-of-all-trades kind of deck, uh, the Night's Watch deck, I would call a jack-of-all-trades a toolbox deck, and I just see it as being better than the than the neutrals deck. That's all I'm saying as far as that oh, goes. Oh, okay, yeah. I think, I, got I think one way to perhaps, you know, um, I don't know. There, I'm sure there are a lot of people that would disagree with me when I say that, that neutrals as a faction need a little bit of help. Um, I just don't think their house deck ends up being as super great as it's supposed to be to make up for the fact that their units by nature have to be a little bit dialed down because they're available to every faction. Um, Can I, I speak on this when you're done? Some... What's that? I want to speak on this when you're done. Yeah, you're good. Um I think that um, there still needs to be some kind of special bonus maybe for bringing all Boltons, some kind of special bonus for bringing all Stormcrows or all Mummers, which I don't know why you would do such a thing. But uh, <laughs> some, I, I would bring all Mummers for... before I would bring all Stormcrow, to be totally honest with you. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, per- perhaps some kind of little incentive there for – for having an all-neutral army outside of just the deck. You know, um, maybe we've discussed many options, but I think that crosses the line into the telling the developers how to do their job. I don't want to do that, and I don't want to step on their toes. I just think that there needs to be a little tiny bit of something more because, yeah, the Flademan thing, a lot of people are a little sad about that, but I think neutral players should be the saddest because that was, like, one of the things that they had going for them, and now it's pretty much I'm super sad about it. I never relied on that unit, but it it was like my honestly, it was kind of my anvil. I had to rely on it as an anvil, and it was the only access yeah. to crit in the in the entire army, so I stopped using Dario competitively completely after that cuz him as a commander's like his cards are okay, but why would I take him over Ramsey? Right. Mm-hmm. Um so to the the neutral's deck, I think it is an incredibly powerful deck. However, the neutral army as a whole has the, like, mo- this is my opinion, agree or not, but has the single most reliance on their deck compared to any army. You can do nothing without that deck. Your cutthroats can go in and hit a guy eight times, which every faction can do. Um, and their units, uh, cutthroats and bastard girls specifically, I think are fantastic units. I abuse the crap out of them. I think they're amazing. Uh, everything else is definitely lacking, which sucks, uh, but your panic is just horrible except Bastards Girls, so you rely on worth the reward. But if you don't get the money, worth the reward's worthless. Uh, re-roll a panic check. Not one dice, not any dice. It's re-roll the entire panic check. It's awful without... But if you have the money, it's great. Um, Ramsey and Roos, I think, are incredibly powerful commanders. Um, especially, like, aggressive-wise, Ramsey is, is 
close to like Gregor for how much punch he gives uh, via cards. And against certain factions, they're great, but against other factions like Targaryens, whew, that's a very hard fight. I don't even know how to handle them because if I hit them, they charge me back. I just got to out-activate them, right? But I can't really do that successfully because I would have to um, cutthroat spam and Cutthroats are a great five-point unit, but they don't hold up to anything. Um, the, if you don't swing first, they're, they're totally going to die. I like the idea of Bloody Mummers, but they're also going to die. But I'm getting off on a tangent. The deck-wise, definitely a jack-of-all-trades deck has great cards. But I've told people, like, um, uh, I've told newer players when I play them, because if they've never played neutrals it's kind of a landslide against them because it's such a different kind of army i tell them after the game uh like next time we fight just take the mail if you take the mail i'm gonna lose and lo and behold the next time i fight them i almost always lose because they take the mail every time <laughs> it's such a reliance on that one spot that everybody wants yep and uh you know and then uh so uh well, why would you put um, Targaryens below neutrals, uh, um, Justin? Uh, I think it's because, well, I don't think Targaryens have, like, found their identity yet and how to play. Like, we know they're fast. Check. That's about all they got going for them right now, in my opinion. Yeah, they hit hard. They're really scary, but they lose juice super fast. Even vets, once they, like they have to line up a Hail Mary or a, a big play. If they don't line up a big play and get it off, it's almost guaranteed that they lose. First couple turns, nothing's going to happen. But once you're next to them, they're, they're going to lose to basically. I mean, four of armor is great with their great morale and vets, but four of armor becomes five, becomes six pretty quickly. And with vulnerables, you're, you're knocking them down a peg. You're outnumbering them almost every single time. Um, so you're going to be able to, to take a unit or two dead while they line up their things and then still end up coming out on top. However, I did see a Roostless. I played against a Roostless with Targaryens, and I got I got smoked. That was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, the panic token. It's not so much about the cards, it's uh, the fact that they can, they're, they're hitting you so Oh, often. man, he kept shutting my units off. That's when uh, Flademen were still good, and he just kept shutting oh. the Flademen off, and I kind of cried. Okay, fair. <laughs> I think the other thing really quick, just a really quick mention, when I ranked these, I did rank them with popular tournament scenarios in mind, and I don't think that Targaryens really play anything outside of Fire and Blood extremely well. So Agreed. that's another reason to put them down so low. If it's just a pitch yep. battle, you're just drawing battle lines and going at each other, they'd be way higher, but that's not how A Song of Ice and Fire is played. And I think that's another reason I put neutrals down a little bit lower. They're not um, they're not excellent at a lot of the scenarios either. So, mm-hmm. um, so we've kind of covered uh, everything uh, that we needed to for the list. Uh, so just a recap. So my list is Starks, Free Folk, Baratheons, Night's Watch, Lannisters, Neutrals, Targaryens. Uh, Justin's is Starks. Uh, Night's Watch, Free Folk, Baratheons, Lannisters, Neutrals, Targaryens, and Brett's is Starks, Free Folk, Baratheons, Night's Watch, Lannisters, Targaryens, Neutrals. Um, we'll post all, all these up uh, on our um, page so you guys can kind of take a look over at them. Uh, one last quick thought. Um, I'll start with mine, uh, and you don't really need any explanation, uh, Brett or Justin, but rank uh, quickly 
uh, how you would rank the overall tactics deck without any commander factored. Uh, I would say for me it's Starks, Neutrals, uh, I would say Baratheons, Lannisters, Night's Watch, Targaryens, Free Folk. Uh, go ahead, Brett. You are putting me in one hell of a spot. I was not prepped for this. Oh, one. yeah. Uh, Stark, <laughs> Stark, I think Stark definitely have the strongest deck. Um, Targaryens have a really strong deck. I'll put them second. Um, Night's Watch, three. Uh, neutrals, four. Um, Baratheons, I want to put them higher, but because of the, the trigger situation, kind of makes it a little assy. So I'll go um, Lannister, Baratheon, and Free Folk. I don't love the Free Folk deck at all. I, I played that yeah. army for commander card. <laughs> I listed, I listed not, my Baratheons. It's not great. I listed, I listed my Baratheons pretty high because I've played a bunch of games with them now that I think I've kind of developed a, a good way of playing their cards effectively. Not nearly as effective as I would like, but way more effective than they, you know, when you first start playing them and it just seems clumsy. But uh, what yeah. about you, Justin? Yeah, but- uh, so I also, oh, I'm sorry. You good? Yeah, we're good. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, I definitely uh, agree with Starks being first. That's my number one. I hate that deck with a passion. I think it's amazing at everything. Uh, Seconds, I don't know. I don't really like the Targaryen deck. I think it's really weird. Uh, so I was kind of surprised about that. But no, I guess neutral I would put second. I I think it is an amazing deck. I think it's if you put that deck in the hands of like any other faction, it would be absurd. It would be so good. Um, that they're cycling cards. You can use that card six times in that deck. A commander card six times if you choose. It's nuts. Um, however, uh, next, I think hmm, Night's Watch, followed by probably Lannister, Targaryen, uh, Baratheon. I don't know what order those three go in, honestly. Targaryen's <laughs> probably at the bottom. And then Free Folk, I think, is the worst of the decks, although I think it has the ability to have the most clutch, the most clutch moment in the game when you get tabled, yet you have the right spot on the board and you have more points and play there's too many before the end of the round and just put them in the corner. <laughs> and you win, even though you got tabled. <laughs> I've seen it. It was beautiful. It's the most Free Folk thing you could ever see. <laughs> hey, where'd everyone go? Oh, we won? All right. <laughs> so we Good thing we were hung over and woke up late for the battle. There's a trophy. It was it was great. Uh that was one of our local tournaments. And I think your nephew tabled him, Dave, and still had like a lot of dudes oh, left. Yeah, a new but the free folk player had ten ten points and it was his uh he had lost his first two games that tournament, so he was feeling a little little Maybe a little down or like, man, I wish I kind of want to win. And then he had, there's too many, had the right spot on the board, put him in the corner, couldn't get charged, won the game. Is that what, I thought it was called Endless Horde. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that's the Endless Horde. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. There's okay. they all, they're the like, one. all the all the names are like synonyms for each other. <laughs> no, the Endless Surrounded and exposed. There's too many. Endless Horde. The endless board, one with the endless board. That's really funny. <laughs> Actually, you killed them all, but not this one. <laughs> they were hungover off goat's milk. 
I'm surprised that's not one of Tormund's cards. I wish I could have seen your yeah. nephew's face. Like, uh, yeah. he, he was, he he was, was just like, okay. very happy. Yeah, he was laughing. I, he was stoked about it. That's awesome. Because it was just, you know, it was just a local tournament. And, you know, uh, because of that, uh, because of him losing and the newer guy winning that round, uh, we, because we had that weird number of players, uh, no one ended with, I believe, no wins. Everyone had Correct. at least one win, and everyone had at least one loss. It was just kind of <laughs> weird how it all fell. But, uh, yeah, so that kind of wraps up our show. Uh, thank you so much to our guest who has been sticking with us this whole time. Uh, if you can, message uh, the Small Council Radio uh, via Messenger or on the um, uh, on the site itself. Uh, there's, like, a message thing. And uh, just let us know your, uh, you know, info, and we can uh, send you a Unibox, your choice, uh, just uh, – just hit us up on there. That way you don't have to give out your info over the, you know, interwebs. Um, so, uh, again, thank you for uh, calling in. You know, we appreciate it. You know, this is, you know, callers like you is why we do the show live. Uh, we want to get like your, you know, you know, we want the in- input of our fans and the, our listeners, you know, just we want to be able to talk one-on-one with you guys and, you know, not just kind of be the same guys talking over over and over every week and, um, you know, kind of get, uh, you know, I guess, uh, just more input. So thank you again for coming on. Uh, you know, definitely, uh, feel free to call in some other time, uh, when you have, uh, when you have the time and definitely stay safe out there. You too guys. And thank you for having me and uh, thank you for listening. And, uh, you guys have a great show and, uh, I hope you guys keep going and, uh, I hope you guys can, Give me more tips about the Starks because I've been in a struggle. <laughs> yeah, t- uh, <laughs> if you want to message me in particular, uh, Starks, I mean, I've been on the Stark train ever since they came out, you know, super hardcore, and that is my uh, go-to uh, list for major events. So if you want, uh, just send me a PM uh, on Messenger personally to uh, David Meckler. And, yeah, I'll definitely, uh, you know, shoot some ideas uh and you know we can kind of go over what your play style is and whatnot and figure out like a good list that works for you against like whatever factions you're facing i could teach you how to beat them thank yeah. you that would really help <laughs> flip the table so. <laughs> <laughs> i've been telling about it a couple of times <laughs> but all right thank you so much for coming on yeah thank you oh, thank you guys Take care. Bye. Bye. All right. So, um, shout outs. Uh, gonna give a shout out to uh, you know all of Simon, all the everyone doing all their work. You know this game is amazing. Uh, again, I'm gonna give another shout out to Martin. He did so much work for Adepticon, and you know as everyone already knows, you know everything that happened, but. Nonetheless, he put in so much work uh, for this, and uh, I just want to give a shout-out to him. And, you know, I'm grateful for everything that he's done for the community. Uh, And, uh, Brett, if you want to give a quick shout-out about uh, the Tabletop Simulator again. Uh, Yeah, give a shout-out to the Tabletop Simulator site. No, to the Uh, just playing Ice and Fire on it. I guess not necessarily a shout-out, but just like a, you know, give everyone a quick rundown about it. Uh, yeah. It doesn't have to be detailed. Sorry. 
God, Brett. God. So you you get Steam and then you download Tabletop Simulator. There's um, a lot of people have the mod that you need to install, and they'll be happy to walk you through it. I have been playing on it a lot. Um, Today I watched, actually, Yannick Burr play Cameron. It was a really interesting and fun, funny game. But, yeah, the biggest thing about it is – so some of those dream matches that you can only imagine playing, like I'm uh, Cameron and I were playing with Yannick, who's in Germany. Uh, I've played against Benjamin Lin, who is in, uh, he's in Singapore, right? Yep. Anyway. Um, yeah. So um, those types of matchups that you would just never be able to play because of the distance, you can play them. And then uh, even the guy that's up the road, you know, maybe he can't make it out to the local game store before it closes, but he can play you, you know, later on that night at nine or 10 o'clock. Just sit down, have a phone call, play the game. It's not exactly the same as being in person, but it's the best we have right now. And even if this uh, pandemic wasn't going on, I would be interested in playing it just because of the convenience. Um, and then the fact that you can play against other people. So, yeah, if like I need Brett any help lives hours away from Dave and I, and he can play with yep. us. Yep. Yep. So I know Mark Rupp, I'm going to shout him out really quick. Really cool dude. Uh, he has downloaded another mod to it himself. He did it in his own free time. Uh, he's got a file folder where you can just click on any unit, and it's pre-made on the tray. Saves you all of that setup time. So that was really cool of him to do that. But, yeah, just uh, if you've got questions about getting it installed or anything, just reach out to anybody on the Song of Ice Fire page, and everybody's really glad to help out to get, to get you set up for that. And uh, there is a Discord for Tabletop Simulator. So just jump in that Discord, and you can use the voice uh, if you're going country to country to play your game. And, uh, yeah, you can just always go on there and find games. So definitely something that's worth doing. Yep. And um, I'm probably going to be downloading it. Uh, I have the tabletop simulator already, but I'm going to be downloading the Ice and Fire uh, in in particular tonight because tabletop simulator has pretty much – you know, has a ton of tabletop games and board games and just other things you can play other than just this game. So, um, you know, buying it doesn't mean that you're just buying it for this game. If you're interested, like uh, one of the games that the uh, reason I bought it a long time ago was uh, you could play Zombicide uh, on it, and I had a lot of fun playing that. So uh, I already have that, but tonight I'll be downloading the Ice and Fire and trying to get control of uh, or hang of the controls and whatnot. So definitely uh, give that a try, um, and I think it'll definitely. Uh, uh, I think a lot of you guys will definitely like it. Uh, another shout out I want to give to is our local uh, game stores. Just whatever local game store is by you, um, do whatever you can to help them out uh, if you're able to. Um, I know everyone's kind of you know hurting at the moment. Uh, in some way, shape, or form. Um, but if you're financially able to help them out, uh, I would, you know, if you can do it, um, because, uh, you know, a lot of them had to close down, and you know, a bunch of them are able to ship uh, or do curbside pickup. Uh, so try to see what your local is doing at the moment. Um, I was just contacting uh, our local that. I was seeing if I could just purchase because they're not able to get a lot of the new stuff in just yet. But, you know, they've probably already put a lot of orders in and probably already paid for a lot of that stuff. So, you know, just purchasing maybe a gift card from them almost as a way of showing, hey, I'll buy that stuff when it comes in. And to show you that, I'm going to, you know, give you my money now. 
uh, again, this is if you're financially able to. And then even, you know, if you need some hobby supplies, you know, sometimes you can get that shipped to you or, again, curbside pickup. So uh, just keep all that in mind, um, you know, because uh, a lot of the smaller businesses are definitely hurting, um, you know, right now having to be closed, uh, especially if a lot of the customer base don't, you know, either know that they're still kind of running or, you know, uh, haven't really thought about it. Uh, but definitely uh, keep that in mind. Um, Justin, any uh, shout-outs you want to give real quick? No, I don't have any friends. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then, again, uh, I think we're only – I'd have to look again, but I think we're roughly 40 likes away from giving away a starter half, either Starks or Lannisters, or if you didn't want either of those – uh, you could get two unit boxes of your choice from our uh, selection, and then also an additional unit box to a different person um, it, when we hit 500 likes. So definitely share out the show. Um, you know, again, I've had some people talking to us about a Patreon um, that's not really in the works at the moment. Uh, so definitely sharing out the show uh, and liking it is the best way to help us out. Maybe in the future uh, we might do a Patreon, but definitely it wouldn't be until well after all of this uh, pandemic stuff is over with because uh, we know, you know, we don't really need your money. And any money that you gave us, we would just be doing, you know, putting towards the show or maybe more prize support to give out more raffles or something. So it's definitely nothing we need. Uh, so we would definitely, if we ever decide to do it, it would be well after, you know, all this is done and over with. So just, uh, you know, like and share out the show, and that's definitely the way to help us out. Um, and, you know, 40 more likes, and we can give out a bunch more stuff. Um, but, yeah, thank you guys all for tuning in. Thank you to my uh, co-hosts, uh, Justin and uh, Brett. Um, apologize for... Uh, um, uh, I think I mentioned uh, Chris would be on, or no, Jose. Chris, uh, Chris had some stuff he had to take care of, but Chris is awesome. He's been doing all of our behind-the-scenes stuff with uh, Discord and a lot of like the Facebook stuff and our channel, and just like getting our stuff up on all the different uh, sites for you to listen to the recordings. So definitely a big shout out to Chris. He's done a lot of lake work um, that you know a lot of people don't uh, realize. So. Um, but yeah, thank you, uh, Brett and Justin, for coming on. Um, hope uh, all you guys listening enjoyed the show. Uh, next week, we will definitely be having an awesome hobby episode. And then after that, uh, we're thinking about doing uh, top five and bottom five uh, tactics cards in the whole game. And that would include uh, basic tactics decks and commanders. Um, so definitely stay tuned for that one. Uh, but yeah, uh Thank you guys for your support, and I hope you enjoyed tonight's show. This is the Small Council, and it is dismissed. Goodbye.